Welcome back to another episode of The Beeline. In this podcast, we recognize that not every line in life is going to be a straight one. Let's reflect on past choices, focus on being in the moment, and honor the future adventures of life. I'm your host, Bridget Mahoney, and I'm so glad you're here. What are we waiting for? Let's make a beeline for today's episode. Hello, hello. How are we doing today, friends? <laughs> I hope you're all doing great. Um, if my voice sounds a little tired, it's because it is. Um, I've been traveling a lot, and I am definitely feeling it in my voice. And then the other night, I randomly went to, yeah, okay, don't judge me. I went to a bull riding competition, a professional bull riding competition, may I add. Don't worry, I was not the one riding the bulls. Um, I was, in fact, just watching people professionally ride these bulls. It was pretty impressive. I have to say it. I was, I was entertained. It was crazy. They had to stay on the bulls for eight seconds in order to um, score points for their team. And if they got knocked off um, before that eight seconds, they just, they weren't disqualified, but they just didn't get any points. And then if they stayed on for that eight seconds, then their bull ride was scored. So based on like how crazy the bull was, if the bull was spinning in circles, or if it was just kind of staying in one place, it was scored lower than if it was spinning in circles. It was crazy. This is a whole nother life. I loved it. And you know, I can't live in Missouri without saying that I went to a bull riding competition. Now, I I really want to ride a mechanical bull. I know, I know. Like, I've lived in Missouri for, well, now like seven months, but I've also lived here for another nine months prior to this. So almost two years at this point, and I've never ridden a mechanical bull. And I think um, something needs to be done about that. (laughs) Um, Stay tuned on that. Anyway... Um, all right, sidetracked, but, um, yeah, I, my voice is also tired because I also got back from a trip to New York City, um, which was so incredible, and that's kind of the topic of today's conversation, so let's segue in. Um, yeah, on this trip, I, I went and I, I took lots of dance classes, um, I saw, so many sweet friends and caught up with friends from different contracts, from college, um, from childhood, quite literally, friends that I grew up um, going to dance classes with. Um, So that was really, really fun. Um, I saw a few shows on Broadway. Um, I saw Kimberly Akimbo, which was just amazing in every sense of the word. Um, Go see it. There's a reason it won uh, Best Musical. That is some of the best acting I have seen. Uh, in a show in a very long time in a musical I guess I should say not that musicals have like worse acting but just the acting in the show was truly top tier Justin Cooley literally obsessed Um, I saw Anne Juliet which was entertaining it was a jukebox musical the plot was very slim very little I don't know just didn't love it was entertained was a good time. Um, and then I also saw an off-Broadway show called um, Lighthouse. And shout out Ruthie. Girl, I am so proud of you. Um, I saw my friend in 
her off-Broadway debut. So that was fun. I've never seen a show um, off-Broadway before. It was this immersive drinking musical. So if you're in New York City, go see it. Um, I think it shows till the end of the month. Um, yeah. I also attended a few auditions, um, which is so much fun. And, like, of course I had to while I was in the city. I did get cut from all of them except for one. Um, I primarily went in as a dancer. Um, and then for the one that I went in for a vocalist is the one that I got kept at. So is she a singer first? Maybe. Um, it was fun nonetheless. Um, it's always a good experience auditioning in the city and I auditioned for a variety of different companies. It was cool to just kind of see how different companies ran auditions and I met a lot of people and saw a lot of the same people at every audition I went to, which was, you know, we're all doing the grind, baby. Um, that is the lifestyle there. Just audition after audition. I also saw a lot of the same people that I auditioned with in a lot of the classes that I did. So truly, these people are living in the city to take class and audition. And I don't know how they're surviving because this trip was so expensive. But, you know, money comes, money goes. I don't regret anything. Um, but yeah, I took a variety of dance classes while I was there. Um, a lot of theater jazz classes. I did take one ballet class, um, which just uh, was so good for the soul. You guys, I love ballet. Like I know a lot of people can't say that and won't say that, but ballet was like my first love growing up. And it just felt so like zen and like I felt my truest self while I was in this ballet class and I just love ballet because of the routine of it all like you know what to expect going into class you have your bar you have your across the floor you have your bar then your center then you're across the floor and you just kind of know the routine of each class and um that was just great to just be in a technique class because the other classes I took um we all did like a warm-up and then like did a combo for the rest of the class which is fun because I always need practice picking up combinations quicker but um, it's sometimes good to just go back to the technique of it all, you know? There's such a variety of classes to take at these studios, too. You've got hip-hop, ballroom, jazz, theater jazz, ballet, contemporary, lyrical, street jazz, heels. Like, literally, you name it, like, there's a class for it. And there's so many different levels for it, too. I have to say, I'm truly out of practice with taking classes like that. I'm not used to such a variety of classes being offered to me. You cannot get classes like this literally anywhere you go. Maybe another big city like Chicago, but there's truly nothing else like taking a dance class in New York City surrounded by people who are my age, some younger, honestly a lot that are probably older than me. There's, you know, anywhere you go, there's dance classes for you to take. Like literally any city, there's a small dance studio. But it's all for like little kids and maybe even like adult adults who have like never staked or like never stepped foot into a dance class before. But there's like never good classes, at least anywhere I go, good classes for adults who have lots of experience already and are just ready to be pushed in a different way. This trip was truly amazing. So rejuvenating. It was exactly what my little heart needed. Just... For something different for a change of pace and to catch up with so many sweet friends it was just oh my little heart is so full um but yeah while I was there it really got me thinking about the idiom or shall I say line about being the small fish in a big pond versus being the big fish in the small pond okay so for example like I said I took a lot of dance classes this trip I knew when I signed up for these classes that 
I would not be the best dancer in the room. And I did this on purpose because I wanted to be challenged. It was really scary, but I wanted to surround myself with people who were better than me. I really wanted to challenge myself and I wanted to be that small fish in the big pond. I have to say, I definitely signed up for some classes that I was in over my head with. I didn't know like what level to specifically sign up for. So I chose a lot of like intermediate slash advanced or just like intermediate type classes. And I feel like for the most part, I was in the right ballpark, but I think just being out of practice with taking these different techniques is why I kind of struggled a bit. I'm grateful I did that instead of just being like, okay, I'm going to take beginner theater jazz because then I just think I, it would just not be worth the $25 it was for the class. And I don't know how much I would get out of it. I'm sure I would have gotten something out of that class because it's always great to take from a different teacher. But I'm grateful that I decided to push myself and be the small fish in the big pond. Two major standout classes that I took were ones from Deb Roche. She is literally phenomenal. It was so scary. I stepped into this room with my friend Lily. Shout out to Lily. Hey girl. And she was like, you'll probably want to stand in the back. She wasn't being mean, but she's like, you'll probably want to stand in the back because her warm up is set. Like people know her warm up. She doesn't really lead it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, what does that mean? And then literally two seconds later, play. Like everybody assumes the position is ready for this warm up. The entire warm up, I was like two beats behind. It was insane. Like every other person in that room, probably 50 other people, knew exactly the order of steps and knew exactly what was going to come next. And I was just in shock. I was like, how does everybody know but me what's going on um, with this warm up? But it was still fun nonetheless. And then her combo was, oh, jazzy and fun and um, sassy. And oh, it was so great. I learned a lot from that class. And then I also took a class from Billy Griffin who is a well-known teacher and choreographer in New York City. His class was so authentic and raw and happy. And just, I was able to be completely unapologetically myself in that room. The combo was all about having fun. And he created just a space, um, even during like the warm up before the combo, just about, it was less about the steps and more about the story. I stepped in many of these classes feeling very intimidated and scared because there was just, people around me who were very very talented and I had to not get so in my head and just be myself in that space and that's so much easier said than done um, being surrounded by such talented people who are my age and you know not being the best in the room and just being okay with failing I noticed that at the end of my trip I did not want to leave which is really odd for me because usually I leave New York City and I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to go back to my, you know, small town living um, because I'm burnt out, exhausted physically and mentally drained. I usually have that small fish in the big pond feeling, for example. It's really amazing you can visit a city that's literally so populated and still feel so alone and disconnected. That's usually how I felt in the past. I was exhausted at the end, honestly, because I jam-packed my schedule with classes, shows, and auditions, and hanging out with friends. But reflecting back now, I truly feel rejuvenated from the trip. Sure, I struggled at times, but I didn't feel as lonely as I usually would feel when I left such a large city. 
I landed in the city feeling so excited to be there, but I also told myself that I would reflect at the end of the trip and see how I actually felt. And that feeling of excitement didn't change. It didn't go away. As humans, we all crave connection with others. Everyone kind of keeps themselves on the subway and on the street, truly. Everyone has their own agenda and direction that they're traveling in, has their AirPods in, has just, you know, very focused on getting to their destination. I did a lot of people watching at Bryant Park, and that was so fun for me. I just love observing people. I think, like, if I was not a musical theater major, I would be a sociology major. I just love the study of people and study of groups, but that's a whole other story. Seeing so many different people in different walks of life from all over the world also helped me zoom out and take a look at how small I was in the world. And it helped me notice that everyone around me is also just living as the main character of their own lives. I also wondered after this trip, like, what my life would have been like if I did move to New York City after college. Obviously, I couldn't have moved right after college because of the pandemic, but you know what I mean. I never really wanted to move to such a busy city before. But like I mentioned in the first episode, is it luck or is it fate? There was no right or wrong choice I made for my life. I made a decision for my life at the time that I felt was best for me. But of course, I do wonder. New York City will always be there, which is comforting. And I wonder if my line of life choices will take me there one day. I've lived most of my life wanting to be the big fish in the small pond. I wanted to stand out among the crowd. Okay, this kind of sounds conceited and maybe a little self-centered, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I wanted to be noticed and be the best everywhere I went. I think I was honestly just afraid to fail. I've made most of my life and career decisions based on wanting to be the big fish in the small pond. I wanted to focus on working in smaller cities that allowed me to stand out or live in places where I was surrounded by a community of people I knew. I think a lot of this mentality comes from my upbringing. I went to grade school at a small Catholic school. Everyone knew everyone. I had the opportunity in high school to go to the public school in my area. I was terrified and that didn't end up happening. Instead, I online schooled and I was the only fish in my personal pond. Everyone knew everyone. (laughs) Then I went to college where I could be the big fish in the small pond yet again. I went to a small private university in the middle of a cornfield. I got that individualized attention from professors. I felt like by the end of my four years on campus, I knew the area like the back of my hand. I liked waking up knowing I was going to see the same familiar faces around me every day. Again, everyone knew everyone. Then after graduation, I wanted to follow this trend. I wanted to move to a quote unquote smaller market. I told myself that I wasn't competitive enough to move to New York City. That was just me hiding. I think I was intimidated. It was a huge lie I told myself. I knew being the big fish in a small pond was a safer way to live. And I liked to keep things safe. I always took New York City or Chicago or any of the bigger markets off the table as a young adult because I didn't want to feel lost in the shuffle. I didn't want to just be a number anywhere I went. I work at a theme park now that is a relatively small theme park compared to a corporation like Disney. And when I say small, I mean like less employees and in a quote-unquote smaller community than other well-known theme parks like Disney. (laughs) I know I'm recognized where I work. I'm able to make meaningful connections with guests and even see certain kids come back day after day after day. 
I know them by name, and there's something really, really special about that. My career decisions have honestly led me to work to smaller markets and to larger ones, working for small local nonprofits versus large for-profit corporations and organizations. In the smaller theaters I've worked for, I was called by name. In the larger organizations, I was honestly more of a number. Of course, I still knew my name, but I knew in the grand scheme of things, I was one of thousands. Each, of course, has their pros and cons. I've always dreamed of working for Disney, a huge corporation, which I have reached that dream. I had to remind myself that if I worked for this company, that I would kind of be a small fish in a big pond. There's opportunity for growth, of course, wherever I go, and I'm not saying that the company doesn't care about its employees, but it's just a fact. Overall, there are a lot of people just like me in the performing industry. I truly am a small fish in a big pond in the career that I've chosen. If you haven't caught on by now, I'm very career-focused, sometimes to a fault, but this analogy can be applied toward friendship groups or where we choose to live, for example. There are pros and cons, of course, <laughs> to being a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond. So some of the positives for being the big fish in the small pond are that you're more well-known and you can hold more power. I think that's, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Um, some negatives to being the big fish in the small pond are there might not be room to grow in your work setting and you might feel complacent because you can't grow. Moving on to the positives of being the small fish in a big pond is that being the small fish could lead to more opportunity for growth, but it may be hard because of all the competition. And then there's more flexibility to learn new things from lots of different people in your workspace or in your community or in your friend group. Some negatives to being the small fish are that you have a lesser known identity in the area that you work or live, and you have to work much harder to survive. At the end of the day, there's really no right or wrong answer here. This trip made me reassess. Do I really want to be the big fish? Or do I want to be the small fish in my life? In my community? In my job? Or what if the pond that I'm in now is just a stage of my life? Maybe I'm ready to swim down the stream to the next pond to be the small fish in an even bigger pond. Okay, these analogies got to stop. <laughs> so with all this being said, do you prefer to be the small fish in the big pond or the big fish in the small pond? That's only something you can decide for yourself. so much to me if you gave my podcast a five-star rating or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and tell your friends if you think they'd like to listen to. You can follow me on Instagram at bmahoney19 and DM me your most popular line and maybe I'll read it on the pod. You've reached the finish line of today's episode. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in two weeks to drop another line. Stay golden, friends, and remember you are exactly where you are meant to be right at this moment. Talk to you soon.